Hello, welcome back to uh, This Is Not What I Expected. I've got Patrick with me again today. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> not bad. <laughs> this is uh, this was extremely short notice it that was, we decided to do this. It was spontaneous. I think we were both just kind of having a day where, you know. You know, it's true. I had just found out I had another essay that I had to write. Yeah. Very <laughs> <a> short notice. <laughs> Today's just a short notice kind of day. Yeah. And so we're, we're going to get to some new stuff, right? Yes. So on that topic, actually, of uh, finding out you have a bunch of shit to do, we decided we would start with work-life balance. Yeah. So, because <laughs> you also have a job. I do. Yeah, I do have a job. And so I think, find, I think finding work-life balance is super important, especially yeah, um, in the late hours of where you suddenly remember you need to do stuff. I would be surprised to somebody that doesn't agree, to be honest. Yeah, 100%. Um, let's, uh, let's jump into this by just talking about what do you think is the appropriate amount of work to do in a day? That's a tough one. So, when I was growing up, I was always, not really told, but you just have that idea of like nine to five, right? Like everybody does. I get it. I mean, at least I feel like most people do. Yeah. And yeah, it was like, especially when you're in high school, mm-hmm. because you go to school at 8 a.m. and you're done at three and then basically the rest of your day is just chilling. And uh, that really changed when I started university because uh, not all of my classes were at the time that I wanted it to be. So things really changed, and uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> Essentially, I just... Well, you kind of answered it, but I was yeah. wanting to direct, like, do you perceive work-life balance as the number of hours you put in per day, or is it, you know, the number of stuff that you get done? So I think the way that I've been doing it lately is I have literally become so obsessed with lists I will make a list of everything that has to be done um, because I do not like if I miss a deadline or something or for example finding out I had an essay that I had to do right stuff like that so I like having a list Um, and for me I think work-life balance is at least because of quarantine yeah it's become get done what needs to be done on that day yeah Um, so if that's two things or like five things, depends. And then I guess it becomes kind of a gray area because if you do have a lot to do, it's like, okay, well, if I don't get everything done, you have to reorder your list and kind of like figure out like, okay, so what can move to tomorrow? Because if I were to, for sometimes if I have like a huge list and I were to go the whole entire day, then you just feel burnt out, right? Like you don't feel like you're getting anything accomplished because you just don't have any free time. Well, and it totally depends, too, on if you have the type of job that's more based on yeah. the hourly yeah. performance versus, you know, salary, whereas, you know, you just, ha- you just have a job to do, get the stuff done, and you'll be good to go. Yeah. You know, actually, that's funny. My um, my brother, he's like a computer software developer. Sure. And I think his job is salary. So, yeah, he yeah. literally, they're just like, this is the job that you do. Do what you can for the day. Yeah, no kidding. And then that's it. And it's so weird to me because I'm always, my whole life, every job I've had has been hourly. So there's that aspect of like getting over like, because not every job is traditional. No. And even when you get down to salary jobs, there is always the element of what it is per hour that you're getting paid. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, okay, well, I feel like I'm doing more work than what I'm being paid for. Or maybe 
I don't know. So, so for me, an, an official work day looks like 9 to 3.30 technically, right, yeah. for me and uh, as a teacher. But that being said, um, I'm usually getting to work at 7.30. I'm usually starting work at 7.30, getting stuff done, and then I will usually push that work all the way to 4.30. So yeah. the hours kind of change, and, you know, there are definitely nights where you have to work in the evenings, and that's just about getting the job done, right? It's Yeah, I it's, agree with that. I think... Um there comes a time, at least for me anyway, one thing that I really had to learn was um, on the days that I do feel really good, mm-hmm. I feel even better if I can get a little bit of extra work done. Yeah. Mainly because I know that there will be days where I won't be able to get that much work done. Right. And then I'm going to beat myself up about it. But by doing that little bit of extra work on random days where it feels great to yeah. do the extra work... Then I feel better about, like, okay, well, it's 12 o'clock, and I got, like, two things done, and I'm just not feeling it today. <laughs> I, and I think this is why it's a great topic to talk about, you and I, because we sort of fall in the same mentality, I think, where we, quite honestly, have probably not mastered that work-life balance. Yeah. You know, that's and it's not... Well, it's true. I mean, to be honest, if I... So, for me, anyway, because I'm full-time in school... Yeah. My whole entire day is school. Yeah, totally. But then when it's not school, it's photography or (laughs) any of the other hobbies that I have to do. So I might not be doing work that feels like actual work, but I'm still doing work, (laughs) if that makes any sense. And it's, it's, it's tough when, like, even your hobbies feel like work. Right. Yeah. And yeah. That's a tough. That's why you, I feel like that for me. If I if I feel like it's work to do. Yeah. Editing or whatever it is, going through photos, then I know I need to take a break. Totally, and it's even it's even seasonal. Some days I find where you yeah. know it's because when I'm at least in the summer and I'm shooting outside all the time, you don't have that in the winter. By the time I leave work yeah. in the winter, it's dark already, and so yeah. Well, know. even today, it's like super late. You were like, huh? I could be there in like half an hour. I'm like. It's so late. It is. It, but the sun's out. Right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Who, who is this luxury, luxury that we have? Um, that's a really good point. Now, I think something that we both deal with, especially with when it comes to working outside of those normal work hours, is emails. Let's, yep. talk, let's talk about email etiquette. Even Kai's excited to talk about it. Yeah. So. Um, Surprise! We have a dog in the studio, <laughs> makeshift studio. <laughs> yeah. As, so as far as far as emails go, those come in at all points in the day, right? All points yep. in the day, and so it's what are the expectations to you know, return communication? Because I know we both really value good communication, but yeah, I know that we can both be a little stressed out about certain expectations when it comes to that type of stuff. Yeah, this is actually a pretty relevant uh, situation right now because (laughs) I have probably like three or four emails that I should get back to. Um, Some of them I got the other day. It was probably like 11 o'clock at night when I got this. Um, And I have been meaning to get around to it, but I'll be honest, I just haven't. And, you know, it's one of those things where I think... There are people out there who always talk about how important it is to have, like, an administrative day. Yeah. And the more that I do stuff like this, I'm like, you know what? That's actually really valid. I should probably start doing that. So, I don't know. I think... I I personally think, in terms of turnaround time for, like, emails, like, 
three to five business days or so. Like, I refuse to answer anything on uh, the weekend. Yeah. Like, I do not like to do work on the weekends. And some people, I will tell you, I have a story. Yeah. <laughs> About this one person who emailed me on Friday at, like, 11.30 at night. Yeah. Now, I'm in bed already, obviously, so I didn't see this till like, Saturday morning. Right. But I was like, okay, like, I'll respond on Monday. Because I really tried to make it, like... Like, I always worked Saturdays, like... Because I was working in a salon mm-hmm. in high school and then even after high school. So I always freaking worked Saturdays, and I hated it. Yeah. So when I finally had the option of doing what I wanted, I said I don't want to work weekends. And, yeah, she sent me an email on Friday night at 11.30. Uh, I think it was Saturday night at, like, 5 o'clock. She sent me a follow-up email. Mm-hmm. Um, Sunday morning, she sent me a DM on Instagram. And then she proceeded to delete that DM. And yeah. then, finally, Monday, I replied to her email. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not <laughs> I'm not replying to that DM. I'm Absolutely. just going to go through email. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was like, oh, I hope you had a great weekend. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just feel like most businesses you typically wouldn't hear from sure. on the weekends. And I think everybody's entitled to have that time. Like, you are entitled to have downtime. Yeah. And just I- because it's social media and, like, you can reach people whenever, even through email, does not mean... That you should expect a response from somebody at any time of day. Just because you're always connected, you shouldn't be always yes. connected, you know, yes. more or less, right? It's yeah. it's one of those things <laughs> where I know that I'm constantly receiving emails, whether it's photo-related or school-related. I know that, you know, surprise, surprise, like a lot of teenagers <laughs> love to do their homework late at night. And so if they have questions, I get a lot of emails. And, you know, unfortunately, I don't tend to return those during workout or yeah. the late, late nights. I prefer to wait till work hours because I want to set that expectation. Yeah. Um, now, that being said, if I have the luxury for just a simple question or something like that, I want to help out. But again, I find the Kai rest. Yeah, Kai, Kai, Kai's in it. He's He appreciates it. Yeah, he gets it. Um, but I know that I kind of treat rest like sleep. And yeah. sometimes having that uninterrupted rest by like whatever those questions are, those things that you have to address over email, uh, they can definitely interrupt the quality of the rest that you're having. And it just feels like you're going to be working all the time. Yeah, that's very true. And you don't actually feel like you have any time to relax. You feel like, like for me, for example, say I do reply the odd time Yeah. in the evening or whatever the case is, if I'm just like have extra time. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they reply so fast and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Sometimes I just get like overwhelmed because like, sure. for example, even um, we were talking a while ago about my, how I had a bunch of DMs that I did not reply to. Yeah. Replied to all of them. They all replied back. <laughs> That's, that usually is what happens, Megan, when, when I you mean, reply I know. to someone. <laughs> Obviously. I just, I guess for me, I'm just like, oh my God, they replied so fast. And then I'm just like back to what I was yeah. at. So it is that kind of feeling of, like, there is always something to reply to. And sometimes we're putting these, you know, we have to kind of admit as well that we're putting these expectations in our own head. Yeah. Like, a lot of these people in a lot of these situations, they will they will be fine with waiting a couple of days for a response. Oh, totally. But it's just kind of, we put that pressure on ourselves because we've, we've dealt with so many people that want that immediate feedback. Yeah. Right? Um, so, yeah, I, I think that... 
you know, the outside of work communication is a big aspect of work-life balance. Totally. My question to you is, um, for work-life balance, do you ever find that your friendships or other relationships tend to get into awkward Uh, situations? I see. Okay. Does that make any sense? No, I, I, like, does it, does work, like, work friends or... You know, also what type of relationships that you can exist inside of work versus outside of work. Um, and, like, how those might get messy, I think you're kind of alluding to. Kind of. Let's go with that. Sure. Well, let's, I'll start talking. Let's and like, let's, 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 Yeah, I'll, I'll start talking and you tell me, like, if I'm on the right vibe here. Okay. Um, I think that when it comes to – when when I have to talk about work, I have to talk about in school context and photo context. Yeah. Um, so as far as school context goes um, – you know, I keep a lot of those relationships fairly professional and it's great to have work friends and you really do get to bond with people when you spend every day together. So it's, it's really awesome when you get those opportunities to to make friends, uh, within the workplace. Now, when it comes to photos, that's always a bit more awkward. It's always a bit more awkward because, um, the people that you meet are often people who have a different role than you, for example. So in, in teaching, most of my colleagues are people that are also teachers, um, you know, but when it comes to photography, although I do have like several photography friends or photographer friends, I should say, yeah. but a lot of the context that I have are models or people mm-hmm. that need photos of something. Right. Um, most of the people that you co- contact are not necessarily people doing the same thing as you. They're people that you're exchanging services with. Yep. Uh, and so that gets a bit more messy, I find, just because, um, you know, because you've been providing this service, uh, Mm -hmm. you don't know if your services are going to be kind of pawned off as, um, you know, what sort of connections you can make. I know this is kind of sounding awkward, but what I'm trying to say is that more than often, because... Sometimes you don't know if people are hanging out with you. Sure, exactly. Because they want photos. Yes, yeah, exactly. You don't know if they're just after... and, And that's fine, because that's the business part of it. Yeah. You know, and if it's a clear-cut business relationship, um, then that's perfect. But as we've talked about in the past, I know that we develop some pretty key friendships uh, and connections through this industry, and that's always nice to have. But there always there's always a little bit of hesitation there to say, you know, am I invited or am, is my camera being invited? Yeah. Um, or, you know just because like I have this service that I provide to take photos, um, are they going to try and take advantage of this service? I guess there is a hesitation there. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that way too, because I always feel like it used to happen a lot, but now I I feel like I've, for the most part anyway, like pretty like set that like boundary. But Mm -hmm. I know a lot of times, for example, if I'm going to like a family event or something, yeah, Let's be real. I think it maybe only happened like twice, but I'm pretty sure, sure at some point my mom was like, bring your camera. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I know so many other photographers understand what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> you see it all the time. People are always like, oh yeah, I was going to like my friend's wedding. And they said like, feel free to bring your camera if you want. Like, yeah. Like, and this is like the no thing. pressure. Yeah. And this is the you thing You don't too. have to take any photos, but like if your camera was there, like. Right. And this is like. Hit the button. And it's, <laughs> and that's hard for, I guess, maybe people to distinguish because it's like, you know, there's this illusion that as photographers, like, because you are a photographer by trade that 
there's this illusion that you love taking pictures of everything, which is yes. just crazy, yeah. which is just absolutely bizarre. That'd be so weird. It'd be like saying because you watch TV, you watch every single television show. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. So when people have that approach to say, oh, you know, like this person just loves taking photos. So therefore I'm going to send this message that, hey, just bring your camera. Right. Yeah. That's going to put you in a pretty awkward position. When you you're always see really that in, in like online forums where it's like, um, like somebody gets into a fight with their photographer and they're like, that's fine. Like my cousin that sometimes takes photos is going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, I see it all the time with TFP groups and I'm going to try and not talk about it cause I know we did a lot last time, but I see it a lot with, you know, that type of group gets abused when someone comes on there and they just say, Oh, like I have like a baby shower coming up. Anyone want to take pictures of that? It's like, yeah, you know, it's kind of a it's kind of a bizarre way to present yourself and yeah. make this assumption for, and again and, and when it happens personally when when someone you know that's when it kind of gets into this work life balance that we've been talking yeah. about too. You don't know which part is the work or which which part's the life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a very interesting approach to thinking of it. I guess one other thing worth mentioning when it comes to work life balance with photography is to say you know oh. how we've been talking about what the connections actually mean. Um, what I want to ask you is, have you ever felt awkward if someone tries to like pawn off your services? Yes. Through, because for example, it could be a family member. So it could be a family member saying, oh, like, you know, I know this person I'm related to, they take photos and so they'll do it for you. You know, something, situations like that. How do you deal with those situations? How do I deal with them? Usually, I mean, let's be honest, at the end of the day, when it actually gets down to you and the person that is wanting the photos, yeah, depends. If I actually want to do it, maybe I would. But, sure. you know, usually it's like something random that, like, I didn't want to do. So, yeah. I mean, usually I say no. Yeah. Let's be honest. I mean, I hate being put in situations like that because then you just feel... Like somebody signed you up for something, yeah, and now you have to go. If that makes any sense, totally. Well, it's an almost an obligation too, where it comes down to, you know, I don't, I don't want to do this photo session, or I don't want to take place in whatever um, type of event that you have planned. But it's really yeah. hard to. Well, I shouldn't say. Maybe it's just us. At the same time, it's a little, <laughs> it's a little bit of us to to just say like, listen, just man up and you know say no. Yeah, but uh, it's true. But it is an uncomfortable situation, especially if it's, like, right there. It's a kind of – it doesn't have to apply to photography. This is just one of those situations where you're kind of voluntold to do stuff. Yeah, and I think um, – Kai doesn't like being voluntold to do stuff. <laughs> no, he doesn't. I think a good way of working around it, too – well, it's the same thing as, like, um, when people want – or when people ask for your rates and then they're like, oh, wow, that's really expensive. I'm good. If you stick with it eventually it stops happening. Totally. That's really all I can say. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I know at one point there was probably like two or three instances that happened fairly close. And then eventually um, after saying no for like the third or fourth time, yeah, I think they got the picture and they were like, ah, okay. That's fair. She doesn't want to do it. <laughs> uh, something I was curious about asking you was... You kind of live, you know, I think most photographers who aren't doing stuff full time have this mentality where they kind of live two different lives, whether they like it or not. Um, 
do you feel like there's a big difference on how you present yourself um, via your photography versus just you as, I guess, a university student? I think so, yeah. I think mainly because um, when I'm, like, before quarantine, when we were allowed out, (laughs) um, being on campus, I'm definitely, like, super quiet and chill and just, like, sit in the back usually try to get out of there as fast as possible. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, that's very different from how I'm presenting myself online because I feel like a lot of people... Actually, somebody actually said this to me when I had a shoot with her. Sure. I didn't know if I was supposed to be offended. (laughs) Okay, go on. But she was like, you're so outgoing on your Instagram, but, like, you're really quiet in person. Oh, God, Megan, you're so fake. (laughs) I know. I was like, Jesus. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just teasing. I think that, uh, well, it's it's a lot easier as well to portray messages that you, you know, strongly believe in on social media as well. And social media has always been a different Mm -hmm. sort of media expression. Yeah. Um, So I guess... Back into the media studies now. Oh, well, hey, this is your forte. It's my forte. Seriously. It is. Um, I guess, yeah, because in that conversation, it's... Do you feel like with... I know that running certain things business-related through social media can have consequences... If you're mixing it with your personal stuff, with your personal life, right? Yeah, for sure. I think you have to be really careful about what you want to post. Um, Especially if, and I think this is so weird. Yeah. And I don't even really know how I've managed to, I guess, approach it. Mm -hmm. Because um, I do find it weird because I feel like you have to be more careful the larger you get on whatever platform. Sure. Um, cause when I first started out, like, obviously it didn't matter what I was posting because I was so small. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Not that I ever, like, I've never really posted something that I feel like would be like, don't worry, Megan, you're still small to me. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't feel like I've ever posted anything where it was like questionable. Sure. Um, but then, you know, you do get this weird, like feeling in your, why do I keep saying feeling when I mean like thought? Um, you get this weird like thought in your head where it's like, okay, more people are like, more eyes are on you. Yeah, more people are like watching me. Pe- more people are like interested in what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So you do feel like, in a sense, that you have to monitor what you're posting. Um, and I think it's fine. Like, I, clearly don't care for the most part what I post, but there are certain things that I think, um, you have to be aware of. And I guess, I don't know. I think the only way that I would caution it is, would you want a potential client to watch that? Totally. Totally. And I think that, you know, it, for me, it really first hit uh, as far as, you know, social media observance or restrictions uh, really hit when I first started pursuing, you know, teaching and education and stuff like that. Because yeah. you, it's one of those career paths where, you know, unfortunately, um, you're kind of monitored outside of the building as well, you know, and you yeah. have to make sure that you're, you you acknowledge that you are taking on a role that is... Um, one of respect and it is one of authority to a degree. So you do want to make sure you're conducting yourself properly. And I know that when 
I think of how I am with photography versus how I am as a teacher, I do have to be very wary that there are certain elements of I'm a different person in each of those contexts, at least a little bit. I'm not too different, but there are certain differences that I cater to in each case, right? Yeah, for sure. And actually, that raises a good point. Um, We were actually talking about this in one of my classes about business ethics and morals and stuff like that and talking about... um, So a lot of what we do is freelance, but um, what you do post online does have implications in the real world. Totally. And, you know, there are... I don't actually know. I don't think we ever talked about the laws in Canada anyway, but there are laws that dictate that, like, you cannot, you know, discuss proprietary information about your, like, employer and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, like, simple stuff. But um, that does still apply to, like being careful what you post. Yeah. Especially when you see, like, on the news, so many people getting um, fired and stuff like that for just random old Facebook posts. Like, you do, I feel like, have to be somewhat... Once the internet has it, it has it for good. You know, for all you... And as they say with the whole surveillance (laughs) society thing... Cancel culture. Yeah. For all all the people that are out there making making Facebook statuses that... uh, you know, you're telling the government that they don't have your permission to use stuff. I'm sorry to say <laughs> that, unfortunately, those are not legitimate. Actually, you know what surprises me? So. This is super... Well, it's related. So many people do not realize that Facebook owns Instagram now. I didn't know that that was uncommon information. Yeah, apparently it is. Wow. Because so many people are like, I'm not posting on Facebook anymore. They have all my information. And then they'll go on Instagram and, like, do the most. I'm like... Wait. Oh, man. Wait a sec. Did you not know? Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think that comes back to the bigger topic of just media literacy, right? Yeah. Uh, in a technological age where we're all connected, like, you really do, if you are going to not only run your business, but um, utilize so many of its tools through the internet, it's yeah. like, you got to know. Yeah. You got to know stuff. Um, That's why I actually think that doing any type of communications or like business class is beneficial Mm -hmm. because you learn so many like basic things really but it pays off to know because it can help you in the way that you're conducting your business like there's so many people that I just am quite surprised that like just don't know the difference between like real and fake followers and this kind of goes back to like the very briefly, the topic when we were talking about exposure mm-hmm. and how so many people are like, oh, I have, like, X amount of followers. Like, you'll get so much exposure. Yeah. Are you aware that, like, 90% of those followers are actually bots? Mm-hmm. Just one of those things where it's like, you know, it is nice to have media literacy because that could definitely help with trying to figure out <laughs> yeah, if you somebody's know, worth investing a business, in time. A business, yeah. a business pays... Like a brand There's or whatever. There's quite a few actually that pay. Like they they pay and then they're fake for, for for an account that's like forty thousand followers and it's like they're realistic like two hundred there, right? Yeah, they get like forty likes and no comments. Yeah, little sus. <laughs> <laughs> Pays to be small. Uh, well, let's let's bring it back a little bit to like we were talking about work life. So yeah, 
Um, oh yeah, we kind of got into the. We did. We got some tangents there, but we hey, we, <laughs> we always were, we always come full we circle. Were, so. We went into media and surveillance and government. Oh man, anyway. it's, it's important. It's important to talk about. Uh, but I was wondering for you, is there is there such thing as sharing too much? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you well, think? Oh, uh, I just kind of want your take on it because I think that a lot of people express. Mm, I wouldn't say. They they express their brand and um, but I think there's a difference between expressing your brand and still having fun with it and being professional versus yeah. just being completely so, unrelated. If there's anything I know, yeah, it's about emotions. Okay, go on. <laughs> and I think that there's a very fine line between, um, you know, so the whole idea behind it is that people want to be relatable. Yes. Like totally. This kind of stems from the idea of like what an influencer is. They have influence over you because you feel related to them mm-hmm. and you feel related to them because they're so down to earth. They right. share little tidbits about their personal life. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Now that's a fine line between just like sharing any and everything. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> and even like the way that you do it, like we'll get into that in a second, but cause that's a whole other topic as well um but yeah i think there's a fine line between sharing certain personal information because you want to be relatable Mm -hmm. and then like just sharing everything because you don't even know what's working like you know what i mean i don't know if that makes any sense it it does make some sense i think there's also you know as, as we're talking about fine lines here it's like what message, whatever words that you say, like you, you're more than welcome to always change your mind about them, I find, but people yeah. will take those words. They'll take them seriously. Yeah, for sure. And if so, I learned anything too, it's like, don't make any type of post out of emotion. Yes. That is like, <laughs> <laughs> and even I get emotional sometimes. Well, and that's not, and that's but, not to say, that's not to say you shouldn't, like you shouldn't a good and tip, though, like, so, yeah, exactly. But a good tip, like, say you feel super passionate about something. Yeah. Create it, set it down, come back 24 hours. Do you still want to post that? Or maybe kind of a, or maybe if this is something that, again, you still feel passionate about and you, you want to express to, like, yeah, you know, maybe you in, your personal, or in your personal life. Yeah, or your personal life. You know, Instagram, like, I don't true. think there's anything wrong with just people wanting to express themselves online yeah, through whatever means. But I think... This is where it comes back to that work point where you're not only representing yourself, well, online, and that's, you're representing yeah. your work. And that's basic marketing too. Like you need to understand what your audience is. Yeah. And if you're on say an Instagram handle and it's your business Instagram handle, mm-hmm. what is the brand? What is the story? What yeah. is the tone? Like what is, what is your audience looking at you for? Totally. If it's, like, completely unrelated and has, like, nothing to do with your business. Yeah. Depending on, of course, what your brand is. Of course, Like, some people, they, that's kind of their brand. Like, they have... Their brand certain, is all personality in a way. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's like they have a certain quirky personality and then it fits with their brand. But, again, you just have to think of, like, who you're as cringy as it is to say because they always say it. <laughs> Who is your target audience? <laughs> yeah, well, well, and that's it. And then again, as well, sorry yeah, not no, to please. keep going, but Go on. as well, you want to think about uh, how you're presenting that information. That's a huge one. 
especially yeah. when you go into like marketing communi- communications, a sure. big thing is like writing. Like you never just want to type something out and like share it. I mean, again, everything has a time and a place. So what I'm saying is like everything is kind of a gray area. Yeah. But for general rules, like you want to have like a decent copy if that makes any sense, of, like, Instagram stories, Instagram posts, usually for, like, marketing and stuff. That's what brands do. That's why, like, when you see everybody posting all these statements about everything, yeah. like, whatever statement they have to make, they've written that out, like, 12 times. And everybody gets so mad because companies take so long to post these statements. And that's why, because they usually have, like, 12 people looking over it and yeah. being, like, change this paragraph, do this, fix that, like... And what a strange phenomenon for people to be so upset about that, but at the same time, like, scrutinize any tiny mistake, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Like, I found that interesting, too, yeah. Something I, I think that's important to bring up when you were saying, you know, the old cliche saying of what's your target audience is that it's an important distinction between what your current audience is yeah, and do you want that audience to grow? Do you want the brand to grow? Because, you know, maybe I, I I certainly have, and I think you and I, we've both talked about whether it's a a brand, an influencer, a person, business, whatever we have talked about it. And we'll we'll say, wow, (laughs) this was super mega unprofessional. I can't believe it that they, that they present themselves this way. But that being said, they, you know, sometimes social media becomes an echo chamber of things that you want to hear. Yeah. And so, you know, there, this, this, uh, this brand's current audience, this is kind of what they thrive off of this, yeah. this stuff. But when it's such a niche thing, that's really hard to grow. Not everyone's going to have that perspective. And so yeah, exactly. that's like, where what's I, the longevity of that. Yeah. And it comes back, like, like I said, if this is a personal thing and you just want to express yourself, I think that's fantastic. But this is the work-life balance conversation to say once you're getting back into that work, having a very, I wouldn't say neutral, but having a very open position and maybe leaving a little bit of mystery to very specific things definitely lets you grab more people, grab a bigger audience for your, for your business. Yeah, for sure. I, I really agree with the whole, um, like stuck in an echo chamber. Yeah. Especially because I do find it can be easy to just focus on, like, the people you have engaging with you and stuff like that. But if you are focused on growing, like, that is a huge thing. You have to think about, again, who's your target audience? Yeah. Is it completely different from the people that are following you now? Because then you have to change your whole entire strategy. Usually, totally, and you should always be authentic. But and and but be there being you can still be authentic while still. Um, I guess holding back certain behaviors. You know, it's like I could I could think of a brand or like you know even photographers out there who they post a lot of really aggressive partying. And yeah. hey, like who doesn't love to party? Why not? Sure. But as a business perspective, this is not necessarily something that you want to share for potential building widening your audience. If you already have a pretty niche audience that says, yeah, man, like I love watching this guy party super hard or whatever. <laughs> and that's like why I purchased photos from him. Then I guess that works for your current audience. But I yeah. think most common sense says that you can grow that audience if you just do conduct a bit more professional behavior. Yeah. 
I agree. I think um, it goes again with, like, what are your intentions? Yeah. Like, do you see this going totally. further, or is that your... Not that it's a bad thing. If that's, that, if that's all that you want, that's totally fine, but yeah. you just have to think long-term, like, what am I... What am I going into this for, I guess? Well, and we, I think that we, we see, it's important to keep that open-mindedness, but we, we see a lot of people, uh, the, the trouble is we see a lot of people who essentially conduct a lot of bad marketing behaviors, yeah, and then they're surprised when they do not grow. Yeah, I and, can see that. And that's kind of, I think, where you and I have, have witnessed a lot. Yeah, I agree. There's been a lot of... Um, how do you word it? I don't know what I was trying to say. That's fine. <laughs> Completely forgot. <laughs> so this is my question. Yeah. Um, in terms of work-life balance, do you find you have a hard time? Maybe this is just me because I'm a workaholic. Sure. Do you find you have a hard time balancing your personal relationships with, uh, your work. Totally. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, and I think that it's always going to depend on what type of work you have to do. Um, I fucking love my job. So it's like it, and that's, that's a big element where I do a lot of work and you know, it's, and when I refer to the work, I refer to, yes, absolutely teaching, but photography too. And yeah. Both counts. I think that, I think that when you love them, um, yeah, well, it's, it's the cliche of like, Oh, it doesn't really feel like work. It's still work. Yeah. Uh, and it will exhaust you if you don't self monitor, but essentially it, that does affect, you know, the urge of what I want to do. Like sometimes, and, and I have found that in the past couple years, you know, it's definitely something that I'm working through. I think that, uh, I do want to focus on making sure I'm maintaining my social relationships because yeah. at the end of the day, those are really important. Those are really, really yeah. important to maintain them and to check in on your friends and just hang out with them and make, you know, make good memories and stuff like that. But I definitely have nights where, you know, if people are going out like, and they, and they want me to come out and I just say, ah, oh, like I would really love to edit that set of photos yeah. um, or something like that. Right. And so I do find it to be quite difficult, uh, in that context, but really like, hopefully you find a bit of challenge in that balance anyways, cause it just, it just means you're growing. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that. I think you do need to have time where you're not doing something related to hobby work, whatever. Yeah. And I am very guilty of this because so many people that I have shot before or like whatever, maybe we become friends, stuff like that. Yeah. And we end up planning to hang out. I'm always like, let's do a shoot as well or something like that. (laughs) And actually it kind of made me realize that I was a workaholic because there were so many situations where that would happen. And actually this reminds me of a story. Please hit us. (laughs) I was planning this date with this random guy. Saucy. Yeah, so saucy. It never happened, by the way. (laughs) In case anyone wants to know. Yeah. Anyway, I was planning this date with this guy, and there was two parts to this story. The first part, we were basically talking about, like, you know, what we do for work, what we do for, like, fun and stuff. And I just remember putting, like, photography in 
like what I like to do for fun. Mm-hmm. And he was like, so what else do you do? And I'm like, <laughs> that's it. Like, that's, <laughs> I don't know if I'm not doing school or yeah. work, it's photography. Like, right. and he was just so surprised that I like did not want to do anything else. Mm-hmm. And then of course, fast forward, like we got to the point where it was like, okay, maybe we will schedule a date. Yeah. But then it was like, when do you want to like go on this date? And I was like, Ooh, I have like shoots like uh, I think <laughs> Monday, we, Wednesday, Friday. I think we've just gotten into a deeper topic here of something else, but, uh, excuse me. What? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think this says something about, uh, else instead of here, you should maybe make, again, it's that big focus on social interactions, right? Like it's easy to lose track of. And it's also easy to lose motivation. Yeah. I think like not only yeah. losing losing the time, but also when you get into your routines, uh, it becomes really hard to break those routines. And you say like, yeah. I, and I used to be one of those people. I used to be one of those people that would always preach the old, like, you know, if you really do like want to spend time with someone, you'll yeah. make, you'll make time for them. Yeah. And while I still stand by that statement, I can totally empathize a little bit more on the other side as well, where it's saying like, sometimes you're just busy with work. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird because I do feel like I really do believe in that first aspect of like, if you really do want to hang out with someone, you'll make time Yeah. because I do that all the time for my friends. Yeah. But I think it's different. Of course, if you're like meeting up with a stranger, Totally. um, because I definitely do believe even, I guess, friends to some degree, if somebody can't like wait two or three days to hang out with you, yeah. if they really get that upset about it. That's true. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> the same thing if my friends were like, yeah. oh, I want to hang out. And I'm like, oh, I really got like two or three things I have to do, but like maybe Friday. Yeah. And if they were suddenly like, oh, I don't know about that. I'd be like, okay, something's wrong with you, but. <laughs> well, Megan, it couldn't be you. That's for sure. Nothing, <laughs> nothing's wrong with you. Come on now. <laughs> Me, uh, as I say, as I schedule like 10 shoots. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that was our discussion on work-life balance, um, among <laughs> a few other things. Yeah. No kidding. Um, <laughs> thanks for coming again, Patrick. Hey, thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, these are always fun. Yeah. We get into tuned. these really well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great outro. I don't know where it was going with that, but, um, stay tuned for the bloopers, I guess. And we'll see you guys next time. Yeah. Bye.